All right, Ryan, put him up. Fight me. Why don't you? Come on. Let's do it. Let's go. You, Let's you, don't, go. Want, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. I will knock your ass out. You're the one hiding out in Toronto. <laughs> Instead of coming How here to face me like a man. in the big city? How am I hiding in the big city? <laughs> yeah, I come in here to face me like a man. That's what. All right, whatever. <laughs> All right. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Creed 3 just released in theaters the other week, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Full spoilers ahead. So uh, let's zoom into our medium shot now. How hyped were you for this thing? I was very hyped. I was very super duper hyped. Uh, We've discussed this. I was following the Rocky franchise for a while and the Creed franchise. So yeah, really hyped for this one. Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Uh, Jonathan Majors was is going to be in it as well. Was in it. My God. Yeah. That's my history. Yeah, it was basically the same way. I've been a fan of the Rocky franchise for most of this last decade. And, you know, Creed 3. Yeah, sure, it doesn't have Sylvester Stallone in it. And Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Who knows how that'll go, right? But, you know. I like these Creed movies, and Creed 3, sure, why not? I was going to see it either way, whether I heard the reviews were good or bad. Yeah, I'm just, I'm one of those brand loyalists. I've seen all the other Rocky movies, and I'm a brand loyalist and a completionist, so I was going to see this either way. But let's get into our close-up and talk about what we actually thought about this thing. You want to go general thoughts first, or my First thing here is I just wanted to address the elephant in the room. Talk about maybe... Yeah, go ahead. Rocky's absence in this thing is a little bit weird for people, probably. I I did wonder going into Creed 3 if it was going to be a sticking point with me. Because Rocky was such a big character in the first two Creed movies, and that's where this franchise started, obviously. So... Would Creed work without Rocky? We didn't know. What do you think? Did it work? I think it worked okay. His absence uh, absence was very noticeable. Um, but again, there's also some behind the scenes stuff as well on why he, on why Stallone himself is not in the uh, in Creed three, or he's even stated that he won't watch Creed three, not because of Michael B. Jordan or anybody working like, in the crew or whatever, but it has to do with a certain producer who, he basically, uh, this producer, I can't find his name right now. Erwin Winkler? That guy, yeah, he owns, yeah, Winkler. He owns all the rights to the Rocky franchise, he always has, and Stallone has no ownership over it. Winkler won't even give him part of the ownership for it, so I think that was part of the reason why he left the franchise as well, but also i I think it was a good time for him to leave in Creed 2. Um, Wrapped his story up the story was, perfectly. It was basically up, but... Yeah, it was so weird to not even... have maybe even a phone call or even uh, a scene where Michael B. Jordan is like on a fake phone call with Stallone and he just says, okay, bye, Rock. And you, like, you don't even... So it is noticeable, but also I kind of respect it where it's like, that's in the past and this is his own story. Yeah, I actually didn't think it was that jarring having Rocky not be in it. I didn't miss him for most of it, actually. 
there were just a couple times that I do wish he was there. And some of them I didn't even think about till after the movie. Like I saw Creed 3 with my mom and afterwards she pointed out, yeah, oh. Rocky definitely would have been at that funeral. And then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, that is weird. Mm. They didn't even have a casual explanation like you were saying, call him up on the phone and fake be like, oh yeah, Rock, it's too bad you can't make it. You got something serious. Oh, anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've he heard definitely people... probably would have been there, but also, yeah, there. Uh, from rewatching the first few Creed movies, he wasn't really. I mean, he got closer with Adonis's mom in Creed Two, but in Creed One, you did like just playing a little devil's advocate here. Uh, he never really contacted her after Apollo's funeral. So there's that as well. So maybe there's there's I don't know. Just playing a little devil's advocate, but also yeah, I think yeah. it was he was close with Apollo. There's a few the gripes. Yeah. I will I will say there's only a few gripes I have of this movie, not because of what happens in the movie, but because of certain scenes that were changed from the trailer to the screen, which a lot of Hollywood films do a lot. Didn't even notice to be honest. Get into that. Oh, yeah, it's... you don't watch. Well, I so do. There's one I do, but I'm point... not like. I used to be the guy yeah. who like analyzed and watched trailers over and over. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of casually see them. Do Can't. my best to yeah. forget about them. The one noticeable one, and it happened. The best way, um, the best, the biggest example I can think of is that one movie where it's. Oh, it's about that blind man, and they're in his house. What's that one movie called? I know the one you mean. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's that avatar. Like in the trailer, he says, "Now you'll see what I see," and he shuts the lights off. That never happens in the movie, and it's like one of the big lines in the trailer. Yeah, and in this trailer for uh, Creed Three, I was really hyped for it because it's such a great line and a great delivery from Tessa Thompson, where they're at the funeral. Uh, Adonis doesn't really know what to do, and then Bianca just goes, "Well, maybe you'll just have to fight him." That's not in the movie at all. It's Isn't a completely it? different... I can't remember... No, it's not. I can't remember the line she says in the movie, but I was like, that's not That's not the line. I was like, so at that part, I was a little disappointed. But she I did hype him did, up. I feel like she did say that She didn't that say line. that specifically. Not at that funeral. She didn't fu- say that the specifically. Then what'd she say later? Because there was that scene later when I he opened up... I don't remember the line. It's been, it's been like a couple weeks since I watched the movie, but it wasn't, it might've yeah. been in a different scene, but wasn't that specific scene in that specific shot. Yeah. Well, that's just misdirection. Yeah. They're trying to make, oh, he caused the death of somebody. So that'll be a revenge story. Maybe. Mm. I don't know if that's good or bad marketing because it does get you intrigued, but that's not what happened at all. You're taking a line no, way should... later in the movie with. Completely different context. No, I did, it, it's not even that. It's literally, it's the same scene where it's Adonis and Bianca sitting down. It's the shots where they're on their, uh, shots on their back and they're both looking at each other. That's the scene I'm thinking. And I yeah. don't remember, yeah, I don't remember the final line she says in the film, but it's not the same in the trailer. And it's, I'm, I've blown it completely right now because I don't remember what she says in the movie, but it's not the same in the, in the film. Was there any other ones or was that the main one that you're uh, problem with? Just a few, like, and a lot of movies do this a lot where, I mean, a lot of Marvel movies do it where it's the same scene, but it's a different take, but it's the same lines as well. But other mm-hmm. than that, I'm just like, okay, 
I kind of appreciate they do that, but also it's kind of like, what's the point of putting arguably the best take in the trailer if it's not in the movie? Maybe that, maybe that one couple will, uh, what was Rogue One? Oh yeah, they took out like a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, Rogue the One trailer and right? like nothing in the Rogue One trailer was actually in the movie, basically. Yeah. We could all sue for false advertising, like that one couple did. With uh it was <laughs> Anna de Arma and yeah, they advertised mm-hmm. Anna de Armas in yesterday. That's what it was. I that sounds like another topic for another day, but it is an interesting idea and hot take. I, hot take. Yeah. Her cameo in that movie wouldn't have saved the movie. The movie actually, I liked it when it was sticking to the premise. Yeah. Yesterday was like awesome in certain parts. When, like there was still a couple, like that one twist I remember towards mm. the end with the cameo. Like that was that really was good. awesome. That was great. But the most of it was just like, what are we? Someone, someone in my theater went, no, they didn't. <laughs> someone <laughs> in my theater went, no, they did not. Okay, but let's yesterday, not get into that just in case. I know, I know, but it's just like yeah. the what my mini review of it is the main love interest, the one he has a crush on, only liked her when he was poor and was not successful, and then he becomes successful, and then she hates him. Makes no sense. Anyway, on to a good movie. <laughs> yeah, so Creed 3, uh, I think this is a really solid debut mm-hmm. for Michael B. Jordan. It's not. It's not perfect. It's, you know, I don't know if it's being overpraised or just praised enough right now. I haven't really looked into reviews. I think it was good. He was, Mm -hmm. he's clearly new enough in his career that he's not, you know, like masterfully doing anything right now. But it's more competent than most things coming out in Hollywood right now, I'll say. I can tell he gave a crap. sure. About the story, about the characters, about the world. He clearly had a passion. This wasn't just a paycheck for him. So what he lacked in uh, some skill and practice, he made up for with clear energy behind the scenes. And I, I really mm-hmm. respect him, and I look forward to seeing what he does going forward, because I think it'll only get better from here. This is his first mm-hmm. try. I've heard he, he brought a really just fun energy to the set every day. And he was just mm. like a great person to work with, both as a, the director and the and Please. as the star of the show, which is is which is so tough to do. Because I always try to picture it like, okay, if I was the star in something, but also directed, that would be so difficult because you have a certain idea of a shot in mind. But if you're not watching the monitor, who do you trust to be watching the monitor? And then you watch the playback. But I guess it's just it's just going to take time, which is the, which is the real answer. I've done stuff like that before too, and it kind of sucks because <laughs> in well, in the past, you know, I don't, I I've been a bit of a control freak myself, and I don't always trust the camera guy to do what I'm I want, so that doesn't help either. So it takes a lot more time to double back and be like, no, I trust you, you got it right, right. So Michael B. Jordan, I don't know how he was on set, maybe he was like that. But it seems like he had enough confidence in his crew to do things right. Because he, mm-hmm. he's been on both sides of it. So I'm sure he, he knows how the crew would like to be treated as well, having been crew. Which I don't know how many directors who just start off as directors would, 
would be like that, right? They probably would be more control freaky and be like, nope, my way or the highway. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, yeah, it's uh, definitely, I can't remember if this is a COVID movie or not. I assume it would be maybe around, maybe even around 2022. I don't even know. Cause I know it was advertised. It's yeah. probably on the tail end of COVID where everyone was starting to get out of it. So like technically was, but not. Uh, yeah. Did you see Michael B. Jordan got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame? I did not. Mm -hmm. Good for him. He was there and Jonathan Majors was there to give a nice little speech. So oh, that, that was nice. nice. Jonathan Majors is the best part of this movie. He's <sighs> He's so good. I love when we went to Sorry, you go. Well, we went when we went to like the premiere event, it was mostly just like, oh, we're in the theater and we watch like 30 minutes of them on pre-recorded red carpet talking and being interviewed by the one guy from TikTok, which is fine because the guy from TikTok is actually a really good interviewer. Uh, they talk about how I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh no, but Jonathan Majors technically has three movies that came out in the last two months. There's Ant-Man, there's Creed 3, and then, uh, Devotion, which the, uh, the older, like the airplane movie. I can, uh, like uh, Devotion like came out like last, movie. last fall. Like, did they re-release it for the Oscars or what? I don't know. I thought it was sometime December or January. I can't remember, but yeah, he's been busy and I've heard. I actually haven't heard anything about Devotion. I'm lying, but I'm sure it's good. Uh, yeah, 80% Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah. Came out November 20, uh, 2022. But yeah, he's he's so good. And seeing him go from um, like two okay. different villain roles. Going yes. from Quantum Mania, where he's all big and stoic and proud and uh, just a booming personality into Creed three where he's more laid back. He's assessing everything. He's looking around his surroundings. He's, he's making sure everything's he's a bit of a schemer, but he's also this unit. He's just an absolutely dangerous man. He's a man from the streets. He's got such versatility and he brings such, so much charisma to his roles. And I, I'm so excited to just see his career keep going more and more because he's phenomenal. I never really saw much of Jonathan Majors before the last month or so, and he impressed me a lot mm -hmm. as Kang in Quantumania. As we discussed, he was the best part about that movie as well. But I think Diamond Dame's an even better villain. I especially am... can't think of the word. I respect his career even more as an actor now that I've seen him in two different, very different roles back to back because mm -hmm. as, as two different villains, because now I'm like, Oh, okay. He was impressive in the one, but he's completely different here and just as good. Like, Oh man, you are good at what you do. And I really want to see more of you going forward. I think diamond Dame's a better villain than Kang was even. I think uh, like for sure. Just a few weeks out from both of those movies, I remember more about the one character. Sorry, Marvel, but uh, you're basing, you're putting all your eggs in the Kang basket for the foreseeable future, and mm -hmm. sorry, he's not as good a villain as you could have made him.
I don't have much hope for that going forward. Mm-hmm. And Diamond but, Dame is a great boxing name. Let's get that out there. Yeah. It's just a great little boxing name. Um, we could just do a whole podcast on Jonathan Majors, <laughs> if I'm being honest, but there's other stuff in this movie I want to talk about. How long has uh, his career been going? Is he more of a... Has he been around a while, well, he, but just in small stuff? Or I know right before uh, when he played He Who Remains on Loki, he was on that Lovecraft show. Okay. So... And he's, I think he's starting it. So let me quickly look up his IMDb. Because I don't think, I don't think it's been too long. But uh, yeah, known for a Lovecraft country. Um, he's only been in 19 projects. Oh, so, so he's, pretty, he's pretty new still. He's, yeah, pretty new. I haven't really he, heard um, his name much until recently. It looks like a lot of small projects, and then I think his first big one was probably Lovecraft Country. And then he ran... Oh, yeah, he was in that Netflix movie, The Harder They Fall. That was good. It was like that Western, but it was a mostly um, African-American cast. It was actually pretty good. Now, okay, I didn't know which one you were talking about, but now it's ringing a bell. It was pretty decent. I was interested in that one, but I never actually saw it. Maybe one day. There's a great there. It's not like it's not like supposed to be like one of those greatest westerns of all time, but it's just so well written and shot and it looked fun from the trailer that it's it's pretty good. Yeah. So Creed three, I think, was a really solid story for Creed. This might be Adonis Creed's best character story. Yeah, I enjoyed him a lot in Creed one and two, but. For some reason, he's not really the story I remember the most from those. When I think of Creed 1, I remember like Rocky's battle Rocky. with cancer. When I think of Creed 2, I think of the Dragos Drago. and, their, <laughs> and their fight for redemption. And, the Creed, and Adonis Creed was interesting in those movies, but he really shines here more than anywhere else in his franchise. So in terms of the Creed franchise, this is Creed's best. Yeah, for sure, and it delves so much into um, Adonis's past, where it's going and it's going back to his juvie days before. Well, I guess technically he's with um, Dame uh, Apollo's wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, like living with Apollo's wife, but still hangs out with um, Damien uh, yeah. behind the mom's back, which is the context I got throughout the scenes. And you see their backstory, and you do kind of see how. Uh, when they were younger, that Damien was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the main fighter. Uh, Donis was supposed to be in his corner, and then shit happens. And then uh, Dame gets—I don't know why I'm trying to avoid spoilers. It's a spoiler review, but um, they get into an altercation with an old foster home uh, uh, caretaker who was very abusive towards both. I think was it both of them, Adonis and Damien, or is it just Adonis? I think it was both of them, but Adonis was more bitter mm-hmm. about it, it seems like. Yeah. So the foster uh, care person comes out of like the 7-Eleven or just a convenience store. And Adonis sees him after, you know, how many years and then just beats the living crap out of him. Um, his buddy, go they, uh, their buddies go to stop Adonis and start beating him up. And then Dane pulls out a gun. The police show up. 
And then um, it's revealed runs. later on, yeah, later on in the movie that Adonis just ran, runs. And that's the last time he sees Damien until they reunite years later where he's posted up on his car, which I was a little disappointed. It wasn't the Mustang from the other two movies, but also he's more successful, so he might need a more safer car and maybe look a bit more professional. But a Mustang's a cool car. I don't know why you'd need to get rid of that. It was his dad's car. That's established in the lore. Hmm. And, uh... I think it's a good backstory, and I guess it definitely shows, I think it's really well written, and this movie is also written by Ryan Coogler and produced by him as well, so okay, he has not lost his touch, um, and it dives into that backstory where a lot of, I'm going to get a little political here, where a lot of alpha male, not just athletes, but just alpha male people have a really hard time of connecting to the past if there's something tragic that happened or traumatic that happened and dealing with it it's more so okay it happened in the past i'm just going to ignore it and bury it deep down but what they the don't know is your life fighting get the anger mm-hmm. out in the ring yep yeah and but what the and why i think this movie shows really well especially with adonis and uh bianca's discussion and even arguments with each other is that you can't just bury it deep down. It will eventually come back to haunt you or come back and you'll just burst out and you might accidentally take it out on the ones you love, which Adonis doesn't do physically, but he verbally yells at Bianca and their daughter is right there who, you know, he doesn't like that at all. He doesn't want her to see that. She can't hear and it, I but think she can it, get the energy. She knows it's... Mm-hmm, yeah. And she, it does affect she's her great too, too because she's... She's caught for fighting at school as well, and, you know, so Adonis is kind of having a negative influence on her, not dealing with his own problems. Being a fighter makes her want to be a fighter as well, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Which I'm a little disappointed that they didn't get into. This was the biggest problem I had with the movie, was that they kind of just dropped that whole plot line. Like, oh, you set up an interesting subplot about the daughter here, and then just... By the end, mm-hmm. it's never resolved. She never learned any lessons I do from, like, though, from, the, from the encounter. She was clearly still interested in fighting, which obviously they're setting her up as the future of the franchise, but that's another issue. Mm-hmm. Just, you kind of went nowhere. I do like, though, I did like, though, in that one scene where she's getting punished by the teacher for it. Adonis goes, so you're punishing her for standing up for herself, but not the bully who initiated it? I was like... Yes, <laughs> more of that. Teachers need to understand that. Like, why are we punishing people who are defending themselves or retaliating and not that people happens, who are initially bullying? That happened so much when I was a kid. Anytime somebody got into a fight defending themselves, they got in trouble too. It's My supposed to be a serious... Like, what the hell? It's supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to be a serious situation, but when uh, it's like that POV shot of Mila, who's the actress, um, Amara Creed, great name like just punches the camera everyone just like lets out like a little chuckle like uh, like yeah i'd do the same <laughs> they all know we would do probably do the same and mila davis kent who plays amar she's actually um i think deaf in real life or yeah and uh but she does she does a phenomenal job i think she does great i don't know the logistics of having a deaf boxer because i think you need to hear the bell and hear the ref but also, I don't know how it works. Like, I'm sure there's ways around it to work. I, I don't know. I'm not in the health field. I'm not in the boxing world. So 
Well, I'm sure there was If you're one. building the future franchise on this character, I'm not mad about it. There's just logistical things where I'm just like... I'm sure there was a time huh. where it, some stuff like that would be harder to get into, but they probably have uh, accommodations for deaf boxers nowadays. It'd yeah. be interesting to see. She's definitely such a beacon of light in this dark story. Yeah. Of, uh, of Adonis's. She has this, he has this dark delightful. task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's really, she's, she's a lot of fun in this film. And there's a lot of little, there was a lot of little chuckles when I was watching this movie because they have, there's, it's the little details, man. It's why I think Michael B. Jordan has a great future as a director where they have, in their house, they have like see-through floors because, again, she's deaf, so it'd be easier to, oh, instead of, you know, okay. looking over the railing, they could sign through the floor. And you're just like, just little details like that are really cool. Never thought about and, that. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, th- I thought, yeah, that... Mwah, just like icing on the cake. I think it's really cool. Um, I want to get into a little bit about, like, Bianca, because I think Bianca... Is great in this. Tessa Thompson nails it all the time. Their chemistry has been working for eight, nine years now, and it still works here. But I, I kind of feel like they wasted her. Do yeah, I feel like she do? was sidelined, and she's becoming more of a producer now than an actual yeah. singer. And they were building up something where, like, I feel I felt like she was going to have an outburst at one point, being like, "I wanted to do this, but I." Like, I wanted to get into more of my own personal music, but I physically can't anymore, or something like that. But they kind of make her more of a supporting character instead of back into a main light character, which I was hoping they were. Because, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they, um, I think they just focus too. Well, of course, the focus is on Adonis and Dame's story, but I just feel it like just- when they, because they did that, they shoehorned Bianca. Now, what you said about her being a supporting character, it does start to bug me now that I'm thinking harder about it, because she's clearly going through her own issues, but they spend the entire mm-hmm. movie with her supporting Creed through his thing. He never really reciprocates. He kind of talks to her a little bit about, oh, well, don't you still want to be doing music? Mm-hmm. But it's maybe one conversation in the movie. How many times did she talk to him about his thing, try to pry up his past? To get him to actually mm-hmm. talk things out, feel better. Not to say he's a bad husband, but he looks pretty bad in comparison when they don't delve into her story <laughs> very much. Yeah. And I, I can assume those conversations a... are happening off camera, but yeah. they didn't show it. I, that's so why it... I thought they were, they were setting up like a conflict to happen at the end between um, Adonis and Bianca. And they do have a bit of a like argument afterwards, but it's not about her career. Because there's a few times where Damien is kind of feeding Bianca a little bit. Like, well, don't you think, wish you could do more music? Don't you? He does that a couple times. Yeah. And I think that was just another way, that would have been another way for Dame to get inside Adonis' head, where he's a bit of a manipulator and a bit of a schemer, where he's like, I'm going to try to break down this guy as much as possible so I can beat him in the ring. Um, it happens when he was, uh, when Dame was um, sparring with the one guy he fought to get the, the, the sparring with the heavyweight champ and then he basically hurts the shit out of him uh and then when he gets to be in the main the main fight you see you see dame kind of like he's not listening to his trainers at all like the two people there 
but he's analyzing and it's shot really well. Michael B. Jordan does great uh, directing the scene where he's looking at, you know, the bruise on his right eye or him holding his rib. And he's like, okay, there's the weakness. I can exploit that. I can do that. And Jonathan Majors does a great job where it's, it's like, it's not really, he's not swaying, but like, I'm kind of mimicking it a little bit, but he's kind of just like, he's got this look that he's definitely analyzing what's going on. You know what that reminded me of when I was watching that? The Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. How they f- film those fight scenes. I don't mm-hmm. know. If, I don't know if Jordan was inspired by those when he was making this, but just like you said, that analysis stood out to me as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I've seen something very similar and it's cool to apply it it's to a, yeah. boxing. It's a little bit of that. And I think it's also a little bit of anime as well, because there's the shot where I think it's at the end where he gets punched in the stomach and it's the sweat jumping off of his body. And then like the over the, he's over the fist and his eyes are being bugged out. Like it's very anime. And, uh, Michael B. Jordan is, has known, has a known love for anime. Like he's huge into it. And that first fight scene, uh, like the very beginning where he's fighting, um, the same guy from Creed one, pretty Ricky Conlon. Uh, yeah, Ricky Collin. That shocked me. I had no idea who was in it. I had no idea Conlon was in this movie. Or I had no idea Drago was in this movie. That's one yeah. of my favorite and details then, about this movie is that they finally, they acknowledge the old antagonists and their kind of friends mm-hmm. or at least respectful colleagues and associates now. And I like seeing Except the- Ricky. <laughs> well, no, Conlon's friends- still talking shit. He's still talking smack during his like, you're still the same Creed. Yeah, but he's fighting like so they have to like jaw at each other. Yeah, there was a scene later on that was a huge shock where they were shaking hands and they're like, ah, good to fight you again. They're still Mm -hmm. they're still friendly, or even with Drago, he's friendly with him too. And I just like Mm -hmm. that they show that kind of progression. Like everyone, they may fight tough in the ring, but outside they're all just they're just a bunch of professional athletes, and they don't have every time I saw. Every time I saw Drago, I got a little bit happier. For yeah. me, like, the film just kept getting better, but I don't know why, because I thought that he kept... Because at the beginning, he just kept saying Drago. It was like, oh, maybe he's just doing, like, a reference, because... And you see him on the posters, and then you see him walk into the party. I was like, oh, he is here. And then when <laughs> and then when Michael B. Jordan's starting to train for a dame, he's turned... Uh, he brings in Drago to be his sparring partner. I was like, oh, my God. They're like, they're, they have established characters in this universe and they're using them. Yes, I love that. And they yeah. even like are drawing at each other while they're sparring because Drago's like, I could have beat you. Or he's, he says something like that. And it's, it's, it's so good. I kind of love that they're buddies now. But, I, like that yeah. he's still, I also like that he's still competitive. Like he lost against Creed, mm-hmm. but he's still going to face uh, Felix for the heavyweight championship of the world. That's the big yeah. title fight. He's still like the second best boxer in the world right now. Mm-hmm. He didn't become the champ yet, but he's still, he's still fighting and he's still really good. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie technically now makes spoiler alert, makes Michael B. Jordan a two time heavyweight championship of champ of the world because, or yeah, because Dame became the champ when beating Felix and then challenged Adonis. And now Adonis beat him. Because when Adonis retired, he I guess he had to he obviously had to give up the belt. He was undefeated. So now it makes yeah. him a two time champion. Yeah. So now it makes him a two time champ. Um which now puts him at the same level as Rocky, because Rocky's also a two time champ. So yeah. 
that's an interesting parallel as well. I thought that was. I would love to see the... Drago. I don't know why. I would love to see Drago win the the champ one day, <laughs> even yeah, if it's too. like a, a line. Even if it's a line they say in Creed Four, I just want that to be it. Like that he won once. I thought that was one of the once. dirtiest bits of manipulation when you're talking about Rocky and Creed as the as the champions. There was this one line I specifically had to write down where Dame was saying, "If Apollo Creed could take a chance on an underdog, you could do the same for me." Mm-hmm. Like. That was I'm like, oh, you're invoking the Rocky history here. I thought that was pretty clever, how he knows the history yeah. of boxing enough to be like, hey, this worked for the Italian Stallion. Your own dad gave a chance on a nobody and turned him into a mm-hmm. success. So, hey, if you're my friend, do the same for me. That was br- pretty brilliant, I thought. And like, that's, that's a good way yeah. to both play into the lore and be a good, like a genuine, like, of course, that would get into his head. Mm-hmm. I, it would get into my head a little bit, make me feel guilty if I didn't. Sure. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe I should give you a chance. Yeah, I think this movie is just, it's, it's so good. And especially, there's just a few scenes that stand out. It's the diner scene, it's the beach scene, and then it's also the, like, the final fight where it's, they're so different. I think, and we'll get to the the actual fights later on, but yeah. I think my favorite has to be the beach scene where it, this is the, not the, the twist. Cli- this is not the climax, but this is the, yeah, it's the twist, but also it's not the inciting incident too. Now I'm trying to get technical and it's not working out, but it, this is the moment where the like, halfway point Adonis is like, okay, turn, yeah. Yeah. yeah this the, is the moment where Adonis is like, mm-hmm. on which scale of the hero's journey? No. It's it's the moment where Adonis is like, hey, now I have to fight this guy. It's where, and also there's another great callback where Dame calls him Baby Creed, and we know that Adonis doesn't like being called Baby Creed, and then he goes up to confront him, and he goes, you're threatening me? And then Dame just straight out hits him. Levels him. No yep. gloves. Yeah. But it's like, nah, there's no threats here, bro. Like, I will, like I'll mess you up. He's like, he's He's on the beach, he's chilling with all these delinquents, and, you know, Adonis pulls up, gets clocked, <laughs> and uh, then there's that whole scene where, um, right after where he spills all his um, all his trauma onto Bianca, and I just think this the relationship between um, Dame and Adonis, and the acting between it is just so well done. Where Adonis is kind of he he's it's well acted where he's trying to invite. Dame in, but also be cautious at the same time because he knows how dangerous Dame can be, but also wants to trust him at the same time. So well, it also speaks to me whole... like he's nearly like he's. It also shows that he's on a different level now. There was a time when these guys mm-hmm. were equals, but now Adonis is the like the the wealthy, successful family man, and he's not inviting an old friend into his home. He's inviting an ex-con. From the like from the streets, who he probably sees yeah. as, as below him socially now, he still mm-hmm. wants to be like, "Oh, I'm humble enough to invite my old friend here, no matter what." He fell on some hard times, but like the classist side of him is like, "Well, I don't know how I feel about this." So there is yeah. that kind of internal war between himself. It's, de- it's definitely it's it's very it's very interesting. Where, uh, oh, fuck. I'm trying to look up. Yeah, Duke. Uh, sorry, just the, the other, the trainer of Adonis, who is Little Duke, Duke who is the son 
I'll have to, he did great, good too, but there's one of my favorite lines is uh, when he's like, he's talking shit about Dame, and then Dame walks by in the gym, and then he just goes, don't get quiet now, Duke, or like, mm. little Duke. Yeah. I thought that was so funny, because I was like, I've been like, growing up in sports, I've heard that before, and it's just like, it's a nice little, it's a nice little line. But he does great, too, where it's just like, this guy is fucking insane. Why is he here? <laughs> like, I know he's your friend, but he's de- he's he's one of those guys who you would want in life where Duke is the he's only not afraid to call. Reason. Yeah, he's not afraid to call people out on their bullshit or who on like, what is the actually truth? Like, I get it. You grew up with this guy. But do you Let's have, call have it you like it him? is, man. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't talked to him in 20 years, so. Which he could have had the chance if his mom, Marianne, mm-hmm. didn't hide those letters. Yeah, if his mom it. didn't pull a notebook. <laughs> yeah. I made the reference to my buddy, and it took him a second to get the notebook reference. And for I those of you who don't that. know. Okay. Well, then I won't spoil it. <laughs> Fine. It's just, it's a thing with letters anyway, but the, uh, okay. yeah, the mom's mom hides the letters and from, again, from Adonis's point of view, it's kind of shitty to do because those are addressed to him and his private letters. It's his, it's his right to have, but also you could have had a chance yeah, to yeah, make amends also a long it's the time mom, ago. The mom's trying to protect her, you know, adoptive son from a potentially very dangerous man. So. It's not a morally right thing to do. Oh, I guess it is a morally right thing to do, but there's also it's also wrong at the same time. So I just think that it was even worse at the beginning. Like Dame who came out of prison was way different than the Dame who went in. The Dame who went into prison, mm-hmm. the worst thing you can say about him is that he he got himself a gun for what reason? I don't know. That's a little bit well, you know, like Different in the States, different culture, I know, when I'm coming from Canada, where if you have a handgun, yeah, I'm one, like, uh, um, okay, that's, like, people don't who you have know, handguns like, sketches when, me out. Don't you know, but, don't you know, in the States, one out of three babies are uh, gifted a gun at birth. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. in the citizenship. Of course. I'm just coming from a different <laughs> culture, but, like, that's maybe the worst thing you can say about him, is why would you have a handgun if you didn't plan to use it at some point? But he was using it to defend his friend. He didn't even pull the trigger or anything. He was just threatening with it. So that's the worst thing you can say about Dame when he went to prison. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the mom not wanting to have him communicate with yeah. his best friend then, it's like, well, that's a little harsh. He's not really a bad kid. The Dame who came out is, you know, a really hard and bitter, in is a hard and bitter man. A harsh situation. Hard and it's bitter, tough violent. It's whole... It's tough with the whole gun situation because, well, we're not going to get too into it, but uh, there are people There are people out there, I'm not going to do specifics, but there are people out there who need to purchase a handgun strictly for protection just because of the neighborhood that they're in, and the society itself is not going to change overnight and because of people like, oh, guns are bad. Yeah, but there's still these corners of the world, and especially in the states where it's super dangerous, you know, there's burglar um uh people are robbing stores all the time there's burglars there's you know looters so it's sad to say but there are certain situations where you do need a gun for protection and a lot of times that probably it probably starts out that way but then it just involves into this 
whole ordeal. But it's a whole political mess where <laughs> we're Canadians and we're we're looking at it from the outside in. So, but I've yeah. I've since growing up have come to realization there is places sadly where you do need a firearm. Um, I don't know if you need an AK or a fully automatic weapon, but that's a whole different discussion for another day. Uh, I'm going to say no, absolutely not. Ah. Unless you're at a firing range and you want to test it out, because that'd be cool. But that's about the only that, that's about the only place. Have you seen just to get away from the politicalness of it, though? There, have you seen the TikTok where <laughs> these no. guys brought like a fort a Fortnite Nerf <laughs> Nerf gun to a <laughs> to a firing range, and they brought it in like a sniper case, like a real sniper case. They open it up, and then because I guess you can bring your own in this uh, one part in the states. And the people who worked there were so chill about it. They were like, huh. Like, they were, like, laughing about it, like, that's funny. And then one guy comes over. One guy comes over and he's like, man, I don't know if you're allowed to fire it in here. It might be too high a caliber. And they actually let him test it out in the firing range. So they were super chill about it. That's cool. Mm. That sounds fun. So I guess while we're on the... video. While we're on the topic of the mother, uh, let's get into her story a little bit. I thought, I feel like this is supposed to be maybe a parallel to Rocky Three when she's kind mm-hmm. of his mentor and like like Mick died in Rocky Three and now she dies in Creed Three, and it, it's sad. But as soon as they said she had a she had a stroke once, a stroke. I'm like, oh, that's it. She's dead. They're gonna kill her. Yeah. Hey done. Joe. Hey Joe. What's what's better than one stroke? Two, Two strokes. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they're going to kill off the mom by the end of this, aren't they? Which is, I don't know, again, I'm not in the health field, but I guess, well, it makes sense, actually. Once you've had one stroke, you'd be more susceptible to another one. That would just make sense. But I was just like, damn, they're really about to kill off mom? Yeah. I was a little sad about it. She was just this this great beacon of light. Yeah. And of course, it's, you know, it's basic drama that, the last conversation he had with her in her right mind, he was mad mm-hmm. at her. And, okay, that's another thing to feel guilty about. I mean, it's effective. It's not, like, mm-hmm. original, but it's effective. And then she talks to him as if he's Apollo, not Adonis. That was the and saddest was like, oh. part in the whole freaking movie. It's like, oh, no. Stop. Why did you it's leave like, me, Apollo? Dude. Yeah. So sad. And then Adonis, I I think it's great. It's also great character work where Adonis is not this perfectly written character where he just, he doesn't know how to react in that situation where I think, doesn't he say so like, no, it's, it's me, Adonis. Like he doesn't know how to, like, how do you, like, I wouldn't know how to do it. I don't think he would know how to do it. I don't even know if professionals know how to do it yet, but it's just, he's just so confused and he's so hurt that his, his adoptive mom is dying and it's the one like strong parental figure he's had in his life and it's just so traumatic for him it's this is great this is a good fucking movie yeah Uh, let's see who else what else to talk about uh you want to talk about the fights now maybe yeah for sure i loved how these fights were filmed except for one part and i'll get to it later on but I just loved how it was filmed. It wasn't filmed like the other Rocky fights, mm-hmm. where the style is a little different. There's more I energy really to them. loved, and it, what I really loved in this movie, where um, 
it got me hooked right away where Adonis is fighting pretty Ricky and he's doing the dodges and it's slowed down and you see Adonis notice he's leaving his body open, like his ribs open. He's not blocking them. And then he does it again. He's like, okay, this is opened again. The round ends. Next round, he goes for the body and basically goes for the knockout. And I was just like, that is, that's expert level filmmaking where the filmmaker, well, Michael B. Jordan is showing you how Adonis thinks and how his thought process is like 10 times faster than a normal person's thought process. I just thought that was beautiful. The fights are a lot more subjective this time around than ever before, which Hey, mm-hmm. this is the ninth movie in the franchise. You got to keep finding new ways to shoot these fights. Whew. I'm surprised they still feel fresh after 40 years. So Michael Nine B. Jordan, movies, man. damn, yeah, Michael B. Jordan thought of a good way to do that. I really liked the way he shot it. It was fast and kinetic. The I thought it was really cool when the camera kind of moved with the punches. So it nearly felt mm-hmm. like the camera was being thrown along with the fist. Uh, the punches yeah. have weighed and impact, which is partially down to the filming and choreography, but more down to the sound design, I think. I always love it when a punch sounds like it connects real hard and like, ooh, it makes me recoil. That's always good. Uh, I sure. also liked how intimate it was, how when they're in the ring, it feels like the camera is nearly between them the whole time. And like you said, very subjective mm-hmm. from from the point of view. There wasn't really a lot of objective shots. And that really comes to a head in the final fight when there's that whole section where the stadium just becomes empty and it really just like empty and silent and it just focuses on Damon and Adonis. And that was one of the that was one of the coolest sections in all the fights I thought in this movie. Yeah, my one that's my one gripe. The one gripe with that, I love the void part. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. There's yeah. barely any sound. There's barely there's a bit of music. There's not much. It's very subtle. There's no crowd cheering. There's no announcing. It's just them. And I just did a little slur there for a little bit, my bad. But uh it's just it's just them fighting. And it's again, it's getting to their mindset where they're not even like a fighter's mindset. They're not worried about the crowd. They're not worried about all the lights. That's what they're seeing. It's just the one person. And my one gripe was with that is at the end of that round, we're like, and that's the end of the th- like 11th round you're like whoa 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 we just fast forwarded like through the whole fight that was my one problem with it i was like i wanted to see like 12 rounds well like not 12 rounds but maybe a bit of a montage but that's his own way of getting to the final round and i had big problems with that last fight personally it just didn't really connect with me at all like the other Mm -hmm. fights in the movie were really good but the final fight was just so emotionally dead it just felt like I'm just watching two guys hitting each other for a bit and they're pretty evenly matched. And there's some like, there's a lot of cool stylistic elements. Like you said, some anime inspired stuff. It's visually cool, but I felt nothing while watching it. And interesting. I thought about why later on. And I wondered if that may have been intentional. Personally, it's the most anticlimactic fight, final fight scene in the entire Rocky Creed franchise. It's easily my least favorite one. And no, I'm not including Rocky V. That wasn't really a boxing fight. But the reason I think he did it more anticlimactic, and this is just me giving him credit, I don't know if he intentionally made it anticlimactic, but to me, because this whole movie is about emotional trauma and coming to terms with it, 
well, I, okay, to get to this point, I have to double back and say that I didn't really like that he fought him in the first place because it nearly felt at odds with the whole point of the movie is learning to come to terms with trauma and not fight every battle with your fists. And he's got all this guilt and he still gets suckered into this fight anyway. I don't know why after all this emotional growth he went through, he felt the need to be prideful and get into the ring in the first place. He was like in an emotional state he was in. He didn't have to do that. He's like, you know what? I'll just let it be. He's kind of slandering my name in the media, but let's be a bigger person and not do this fight. Because I'm, like they kept saying, I'm older. I'm not uh, as in shape as I used to be. What are you fighting Dame for at this point? So I was a little bit annoyed even going into the fight. But that's why I thought, doubling back again, that the fight was sort of anticlimactic. Because the real climax was that conversation they had after the fight, where they finally apologize to each other for what they did and come to terms with their own past and leave on friendly terms. That's the real resolution of the movie is that conversation. The fighting did nothing for them. And I do think that's the point. It was just them punching each other in the ring. It solved nothing. It didn't make them feel better. There was no resolution to it at all. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that final fight it was more instead of being super climactic. I think it was just more. It's more of a um, pseudo replacement for Adonis dealing with his trauma and confronting his past. Like Dame is the entire body embodiment of Adonis's past and everything he wants to forget. Yep. And Dame is um, Adonis is to Dame everything he wants to be and everything he wishes he was. And they both are, they both are a little older and not, and almost out of their prime where they, they both need to do this now. And I think just to count you a little bit, Dame does say to Adonis, like I got the title, but I'm coming for it all. Like he's threatening them to take like everything that Adonis has. So I think a part of it also is Donnie needs to beat him in order to put, Dame back in his place and be like, no, I've earned this. This is like this is all this is all my my stuff. Like you can't you you're not gonna you're not gonna beat me at my own game. Like I'm I'm better than you. I'm and that's why I think is I I do agree with you where the final fight did feel a little anticlimactic, but that final it's worth it to get to that final conversation in the locker room. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's which is kind of funny. Which is really yeah. funny because there is a deleted scene in Creed 2 where Adonis goes to the locker room to talk to Drago, and it's almost the same conversation, but like different context and different dialogue. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny, where it's just like, we're getting the deleted scene from Creed 2 right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now see, that one, that one I bought more into because he had more of a reason to fight Drago in that one. It's nearly like a revenge <laughs> quest for, like, yeah, this is the son of the guy who killed my father, so... He really wanted to do that fight and that the conversation after was an import important, but the fight really felt like it had weight. This one, well, once again, to counter you, to me, the whole thing just seemed like a unnecessary show of pride on Creed's part. It's like, yeah, I'm coming for you and I'm coming for your stuff, but how? You're the heavyweight champ. You kind of slander him a little bit, act like he's a coward. You're just, you make him feel bad about himself. 
but really what at the end of the day can Dame take away from Creed that he couldn't take away himself. It's like if he just ignored him and let him be, he'd keep pestering him. But I don't think there's a lot he could have actually done to him. So it's yeah. really, which to me just bugs me because like, why did Creed want this fight in the first place? It did. To shut him up. I know, but that's what I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I can, I can see that. He wanted it to shut him up, but it just feels at odds with what they were trying to do with his character arc this entire movie. Was him coming to terms mm. with emotions in a, a healthy way? And then at the <laughs> end, he decides to do what he's done this entire time. And You know what I mean? It's like the arc is going one way, and then right at the end, he does a 180 mm. just so they can have a final fight. Yeah, but Dame's not going to stop coming after him, though. So he's got to beat him in the only way he knows how. And that is to fight. And I get like, that. Dame's not going to have a, a sit-down conversation with Adonis and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. As much as every high school principal wants you to deal with a fucking bully. But <laughs> yeah, it's just and not going to happen that way. And I get it. It just felt weird the way they built up to it. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to deal with my emotions healthily now. But I'm also going to fight because that's what I, that's what I know how to do. That's how I've always dealt with my problems. It's like he didn't really get the emotional catharsis from that that he wanted, which is the point of the I don't conversation think he, at the end. I don't but. think he did, though. I don't think he actually, I don't think he actually knows how to deal with emotions correctly yet. And I think that's why he fights. Like even, yeah. you know, the whole admitting point. to all that stuff. All that stuff to Bianca and like screaming at her like that's not dealing with your emotions correctly technically speaking but it's still you know and also not to sound like that guy Joe but it's a boxing movie you're gonna see the two people fight at the end <laughs> I know and that's that's why I'm like they had to get to the fight somehow it just felt more forced than I wanted first of all Adonis started it by going on TV with Stephen A. Smith okay <laughs> that draws the line right there you should have heard the like chuckling and like the groans when he popped up on screen when yeah. Stephen A. and everyone was like oh my god <laughs> not that Stephen A. Smith is like a bad person but he just has a lot of hot takes in terms of sports and a lot of people don't agree with him he's 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 quite he's a great tv personality though I'll say that if you ever see any clips of him is he like he shits America? on hockey a lot I was going to say, is he like America's Don Cherry equivalent? That's a good comparison, but a lot less racism. <laughs> but Stephen A. Smith, he's, he's big into, uh, he's got a big basketball background. He was a journalist for the longest time uh, in the 80s and 90s, I want to say. And uh, now he's got his own show, First Take, which is what we saw in, in Creed. And he just, he's, he's, ba yeah, he's basically like, like an analyst. He's a, he's a sports analyst and he's, he's, he's doing a good job. Yeah, well, good he's got a lot him. of hot takes though. <laughs> uh, yeah, is there anything? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Who's uh, Laura? Laura? Oh, it's the, it's the mom, the mom of Felix. Sorry. I was just looking at the cast list. Oh yeah, well, going back to the yeah. fight, I also had another point about the fights, is that I thought the best fight was his one against Felix in the middle. Mm-hmm. When was Dame was fight. fighting, that one was like, oh, crap. I, 
I told you before, the ending of this movie was maybe my, one of my least favorite fights in the franchise. I think Dame's fight against Felix is one of my favorites, just to be a little mm. positive now. Like, when he's, like, bone-crushing hits, kicking his ass so hard, I'm like, oh, I actually so feel many, this. Like, this hurts. I want to recoil. And it it's, filmed, it's filmed so well where when Dame does all the little, like, boxing cheats that, that are very subtle, you understand them, like, perfectly. You understand what's happening. You understand what he's doing. And again, it's just filmed so well, and it's just a great, it's just, it's a well-filmed fight. I, like I think that my, he... my, my problem with the final fight is just, it feels short. And that's just to deal with, like, the void and the fast-forward. I feel like if there was more to it, and there was more build-up. I think it also bugs yeah. me that he didn't fight as dirty as he did with Felix. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more dirty. Because that's how he won the crown in the first place. And now you're fighting the guy you actually want to fight and you're fighting more fair. Mm -hmm. What's that about? Yeah. Right? I'm like, I want to see Apollo fight against a guy who kind of cheats. <laughs> well, not I cheats, wanna see. I want to see Dame versus Drago. That's my dream matchup. Well, Dame didn't even want to fight Drago. That's why... He, well, I know he, he wasn't going to fight a drago at any point mm. but he's like you know let's get my no. uh, prison buddy to smash his hands up which i saw coming I, as soon as you got the hands smashed up i'm like yeah mm. i bet dame hired that guy because he's got the motive to do so that would make sense i didn't see it right away but the buddy i was i told joe this I, my, the buddy i was with like whispered to me it was like that guy was definitely hired to do that because <laughs> yeah. it just it does feel like really random at this like suave nice party and Dame's just there, just kind of like in the corner as it's happening, just kind of like analyzing it. Jonathan Majors does so fucking good in this movie. Goddamn. He, he plays subtlety very well. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting about Damien was I noticed the color motif for him was green pretty much all the way through. Like pretty much every time he showed up in the ring or just in general, oh, yeah, it's a very framed, subtle green. Yeah. It was very subtle green, which I'm like, okay, duh, green is jealousy, probably. So I'm like, Michael B. Jordan was thinking Disgust. about disgust. <laughs> yeah, Michael B. Jordan was thinking about color, so I'm like, okay, Dame is his thing is green. Whereas I noticed with other uh, with Creed's colors, he was wearing very muted colors the entire time. Which made me think, okay, well, in Creed 1 and 2, he's, he wears, like, the, the very vibrant red, white, and blue shorts, like Apollo Creed. He was very, well, vibrant, like I said. But in this one, he's more muted because he's past his prime, I think. He's not as mm. passionate about the sport anymore. He's retired. He's a little more low-key. He's more willing, but he's just, he wears more muted colors. So I think that's another element of color michael b jordan was paying attention mm -hmm. to which did make me think oh yeah you know he's he's lost a little shine just subconsciously so that was good <laughs> filmmaking there yeah it was i'm i'm always uh excited to see the costume design of the boxing outfits uh in these movies because i think they've just gotten better and better and better and better especially from like the first rocky movie all the way up to here where and it's not, as, and not, it doesn't have to do with like budget or just what it is, but I think it's just, it shows the evolution of boxing and uh, how much detail goes into that type of stuff. And I love how yeah. it's, it's put into great detail here as well, where 
was Felix. He comes out in like a tiger mask or a lion mask or something like that. Like yeah. there's people, there's boxers that do that. So I was like, wow, he went for it there. Yeah, very Latin American inspired entrance mm-hmm. to uh, yeah, represent his culture. A part of me was like, part of me was like, because <laughs> they come out with that like color smoke, uh, like the smoke bomb thing. I was like, what are the logistics of that being in an arena? Like, is that going to mess up <laughs> the boxers in some way? But I'm sure there's vent- good ventilation. Uh, okay, so I just have a couple stray thoughts. Um, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the backstory, but I thought it was a little bit weird the way they teased the backstory out throughout the movie. I'm like, mm. I know exactly what's going to happen. Maybe it's because I saw the trailer. I don't know. And I'm like, expect, I know what this movie is about, roughly. But I'm like, I see the backstory and I'm like, okay, I get it. Dame's going to get arrested. You're just teasing out how. And I'm not that interested in how. If you just showed the whole thing up front, that would have been more efficient, probably. So that was, yeah. an, ed- that was an editing choice that just bugged me a bit. Like, eh, I get it. You're just padding it out a bit. Uh, my other stray thought... It's not about the destination, Joe. It's the journey. <laughs> the journey's boring. <laughs> the journey's boring. I know you're in jail. I don't need to know why. <laughs> no, just t- t- tell me why. Just don't, like, just don't act like I didn't figure it out by the fifth time you come back to the flashback. You know? <laughs> there's, sh- there's show, don't tell, but you don't have to show me 20 times <laughs> with just a little bit more information I'm like by the time you show me what actually happened I got it I long since got it uh, the other thing oh, uh, the training montage sucked I'll say it yeah it wasn't great it was my least favorite in the franchise it was just so it was just dull I'm like yeah stuff's happening it was quick it was quick I felt like it, it was, was like a minute 30 at least it was quick but it felt like forever yeah and like i had it's a dumb joke but it's just when uh donis runs all the way up to the hollywood hills and is in front of the hollywood sign and i was just like that's not incredible influences do that every day (laughs) yeah it's not that great of a feat (laughs) you're trying to recreate the iconography of running up those uh the steps in philly Mm Hmm. Like, oh, Hollywood's iconic. Eh. I'm sure Hollywood people loved it. <laughs> but Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I thought the main problem yeah. with that, though, was that they didn't... The best Rocky training montages show the difference in technique. Like, one of my favorite mm-hmm. ones was... Um, the best one is probably Rocky Four when they're showing how... Rocky trains naturally in the woods by, yeah. you know, doing chores and stuff. And Drago is getting pumped full of, uh, like, pumped full of drugs and being trained by machines. Or Rocky Three, the montage where Clever Lang is fighting his way up from nothing, really trying. And Rocky's mostly just signing autographs and doing marketing deals. Just showing the differences of where they're at right now in terms of prep. So, mm-hmm. or, or other ones like the original Rocky where he's just, you know, he's not the best fighter in the world, but it just shows him actually getting better. This one, I'm like, they're kind of do the worst of both worlds. I'm like, well, I know, I know Adonis is not in his prime right now, but you kind of got back 
him you kind of got him back to his prime without enough challenge to be interesting and his training technique didn't differ enough from dames to be interesting either so it's like you're just showing mm-hmm. time is past it feels functional but it's not that entertaining compared to it feels like they were kind of rushing to get to the end fight yeah it's like you put the montage in because it needed to be there mm-hmm. for to move the story along but it didn't feel like much care was put into it really i think the best creed montage is in the second one where he's out in the desert yep that's a really solid one that first one that first one is a close second when he's like hitting the pads and he's doing it super fast like it's just like a great moment where it's just they're in they're in sync together but yeah the one in the desert is probably the best one so the after creed this movie one. not all of rocky it, the Creed ones. <laughs> so after Everyone this movie, calm down. <laughs> uh, do you think there's a chance for a Creed 4, or are we going to get a time skip oh, and for focus sure. on, Am- on Amara? I don't think they'll do a time skip. I think it'll be a bit. I think he's done. This movie was already painting him as over the hill. I don't see where you can go from here. He already came to terms with his past. He already retired. He got his second chance at heavyweight champion of the world. And the very end of the movie shows him longingly looking back at the boxing ring like, yeah, I think this chapter of my life is over. And if it did end here, I'm fine with that. It's a solid trilogy. Yeah. They don't need to do a fourth. I don't see a reason for them to do a fourth. There's not much more for them to delve into in terms of the character, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe show him be a mentor. Like, go into that phase of his life. Like, okay, we saw Rocky. That's what I was thinking. Like we saw Rocky as a as a fighter, and then we saw him as a mentor with Creed. So, but it also feels weird to have him be a mentor at number four, right? Like Rocky didn't become a mentor yeah. until the seventh installment of the franchise. Okay, fifth. He did it in the fifth, but it didn't we don't go talk well. About it. it didn't go well for him. <laughs> yeah, it's inter- it's interesting because I don't. Th- I there's been no talk of if this was going to be his last one, so I think this one's going to be so successful that he's going to have to do a Creed Four, and the producers going to pride at him to do a Creed Four. So, and I think what's smart with both uh, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler is that they're going to take their time with it and develop a a decent story for Creed. What's that going to be? Is it even? Even so, like, it doesn't even have to be Creed gets in the rain. It could be him trying to mentor his daughter, and then he's trying to deal with uh, her her, um, her being death. And then also maybe Bianca now has to go full death because her, di- her um, diagnosis, it's, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better, it's, and it's not going to stay the same. It's going to get worse, yeah. That's why Which she I stopped thought performing. they were going to do in this movie. Yeah, that's but, why she stopped performing, she said, because it was getting worse because of it. Yeah. But, yeah, there is potential for a Creed for, but this feels like a natural ending here for mm-hmm. the character. And, like, I do want to see them go forward with Amara, because I think that could be interesting for a couple reasons. It's like, well, first of all, it's the franchise first female lead, and also she has a disability, which would be, like you said, maybe not beneficial for a boxer. You have to be able to use your hearing as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a, it could be interesting just for something different, just to refresh the franchise that much more for number four, something we haven't seen a boxer have to deal with before. 
being deaf. Okay, something different. Yeah, it's gonna be it's uh it's gonna be very interesting to see where this franchise goes from here. Continue I'm the legacy in it. Yeah. yeah, continue the legacy. I just hope it doesn't go all the way down to like we're gonna flash forward in like fifty years and it's gonna be like Creed the third number four. You know, like I don't want to see that where we're just like holy crap. <laughs> It's like a legacy well, sequel of a legacy sequel of a legacy I think, sequel. <laughs> I think Rocky sort of shot himself in the foot there because they made a point a long time ago that he never wanted his son to be a boxer. Mm. He was willing to yeah. train Tommy Gun, but he wanted Robert to focus more on his studies and be like, hey, you know, I did all the fighting so you wouldn't have to just be a smart guy, do your thing, like fightings for guys like me who didn't have as much potential. So I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that Creed encourages his daughter to be a boxer, just as a as a bit of a parallel. So there is potential for a legacy there that Rocky's family never had. So you yeah, can keep it sure. going for a little while. Yeah, so I guess ultimately this movie was it was okay. Um in terms of where it ranks in the franchise for me, I, I'm going to be honest, it's probably my second lowest. It's like Rocky Five, and then this one. It's the worst. I think it's the worst Creed movie in the franchise. It's like it continues the Rocky trend of none of the movies are bad, but it's like where do you rank them? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's near my bottom. Um, still enjoyed it, but it didn't didn't connect with me like the other ones Mm. yeah i'm kind of i'm flip-flopping between it being above creed 2 or not i don't remember because i think because for me creed 2 was my second my second last i put uh i put third to last creed 2 okay and so um, we're very so we're still similar here yeah because I, d- I do love how this is a more personalized story for, and not to say Creed 2 isn't a personalized story, but I feel like more focus was put on Rocky dealing with it as well. And yeah, there was more. Um, I just think this movie did a really good job with action, with, because uh, they're both about the past and dealing with it. And I think Creed 3 did better with that. But I also think some fights were. Um, film better in Creed 2, and I think some fights would film better in Creed 3. So it's, I'm flip-flopping between the two. Can they be tied? No. Sure. No, no. <laughs> um, I, just because of Jonathan Majors, I'm going to put Creed 3 over Creed 2. And I love the guy who played Drago, but Jonathan Majors is just Dame is easily amazing. the series' best antagonist so far for the Creed mm-hmm. movies. He's, he's the most I memorable I would love to one. see I don't believe in spinoffs, but I would love to see a Dame spinoff. I don't know why. That'd be cool. Just for something a little also, bit Also, the budget different. for this movie was uh, $25 million more than the last one, which was $75 million. Still in today's day and age, relatively cheap. Most of that budget must have gone to his mansion set. The mansion set and probably the slow-mo fights. Uh, so far, it's made 124 million at the box office. So, seems okay. Which is pretty. I don't really decent. know. I think how it compares it to, to other Rocky more. movies. 
Uh, well, it's very early on, right? So it's got to make yeah. a little bit. It only came out what two weeks ago? Yeah. So, so it's still fresh. That's still pretty good. It's made over its budget, but the way film works, it's like it's a rough estimate, but you basically have to double the uh, budget for it twice because because of marketing. Like marketing is almost double of what the uh, budget is sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's Hollywood, baby. Yeah, so I'd say uh, Creed 3, worth a watch. Solid I movie. really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I figured... Oh, man. Alrighty. I figured early on, I'm like, I think Ryan will like this better than I did, but... <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. You know, it happens. There will be, I will say, there will be a review where we'll both agree something is phenomenal, and it may or may not be next week. <laughs> yeah. It well, all depends very... what's happening tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, I guess, because, you know, I'll, t- I'll tease it. You, you'll, you'll know by the ending. All right, let's, uh, let's go right here. Alrighty. All right, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on YouTube, Instagram, and on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at ThoughtPlay Media. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe, where we review The Last of Us. Till next time. See ya. And you better fight me next time. I'm not going to fight you. You'll get knocked out. (laughs) Coward. (laughs) Coward.